These last few weeks, we've been talking about healing, about the myths, myths of healing, and uh, we kind of ended last week by saying Thanksgiving is a means by which you can release your faith to be healed. And uh, Colossians 3.17 says, this is the way that the kind of life we should have. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, and whatever be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. And um, gratitude amplifies everything that is in you that Jesus has done. That's why I like Philemon. It's only one chapter. Philemon 1.6 says that we should acknowledge every good thing that is in us in Christ. And so uh, when you are grateful, it amplifies what is already in you. When you are grateful for your spouse, grateful for anything in life, when you start talking about it, it just makes it bigger and come more alive within you. But we talked about myths, and these aren't myths I got out of some book or whatever. It's actually things I had to deal with when it came to healing. And, uh, you know, for years of my life, I thought it was the will of God for me to be sick. I thought it was actually God was trying to teach me something. And, and then finally, uh, late in, uh, I guess I was about 19 or so, Late, my, that's the last teenage year, but uh, I found out it was the will of God for me to be well, not to be sick, and so that flipped around. And, but then years later, it, I just, it seemed like healing was hard. It was difficult. Salvation was easy. Healing was hard, and I'm not going to go into that, but if you were not here last Sunday, we talked about that. Man, I mean, we just really got ministered to on that, that healing is easy. Healing is easy. It's not difficult. You just have to have a different mindset. But uh, the two biggest things for me for healing was that it was difficult. And then the second one was probably right next to it is that I didn't have enough faith. And that's why I didn't receive healing. So both of those kind of go hand in hand that, you know, well, healing's difficult. And the reason it's difficult is because I don't have enough faith. And uh, so since I don't have enough faith, healing's difficult. And so it was the dog chasing the tail. And so I, I just couldn't get a hold of that. And so little by little, the Lord has been teaching me, teaching us that healing is easy and you have more than enough faith. And you're going to find that out today. So that's why today's message, if, did I give you the website, rmfchurch.org? You can click on media and click on notes. And it's not enough. That's what most people think is not enough. So because when you're focusing on trying to get more faith, which I've done many, many times in my life, just focusing on I need more faith. And you focus on me, I focus on me, I focus on me. And a lot of times when we do that, you leave Jesus out of the picture. You totally forget about Jesus, and it's all about you trying to get faith. And let me tell you, any time that you and I, this is good now. I know you're full, and you may be getting ready to doze off, but we'll turn the air conditioner on if, if that'll help. But uh, uh, when you focus on yourself trying to get more faith, and you leave Jesus out of it, it becomes a, a dead work. Thank you for that enthusiastic amen. But it's a dead work when you leave Jesus out of the picture and you're focusing on you. It's am I'm amazed at how many things that the church has gotten as far as revelation and the devil twists it to make things difficult and twist it to where things don't work. 
you know, for like faith. You know, the, we've learned faith and that it takes faith. And I'm so thankful for uh, being taught faith. And uh, I, I'm not belittling that at all. But at the same time, the devil comes in the picture and he says, well, you just need more of it. And you don't have enough of it. So that's why you're never going to get it. You're never going to get your answer. And so everybody just looks at themselves, puts the magnifying glass underneath themselves and say, oh, that's, that's the problem. No, it's not the problem enough at all. But uh, I'm going to come about faith from a different viewpoint today. A different viewpoint. Are, are you ready? Are you teachable? Yes. I just want to make sure you're teachable. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Philippians 3, 9 and 10. It says, And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. There's many translations of this scripture. It says faith in Christ. Those two letter, that two letters mean a whole lot. Because it's faith in Christ, then the focus is more on me. But it's the faith of Christ, then the focus is on him. That's huge. That one word is huge. And we have to get that one word right. Because, like I said, if it's I have to focus on my faith in God, I have to focus on, you know, just what I can do. But if it's all about focusing on what he did, it causes faith to be more, first of all, just tangible to you. You can get a hold of that because it's his faith and not yours. It's what he did and not what you can do. Does that make sense? And the rest of the scripture, it says that being found in him, not having my own righteousness, it's talking about righteousness. And then verse 10, you know, when we used to read this growing up, you know, people would not read verse 10 because it's, you know, the, the power of his resurrection. Oh, yeah, that's good. But then it goes, the fellowship of his sufferings. Oh, Jesus, help us. Oh, it means, you know, we have, to fellow, we have to suffer. We just have to suffer because that's what it says. We have to, if we're going to be conformable unto his death, we're going to have to suffer. It's not talking about you suffering at all. It's talking about when you and I become one with him in his death, burial, and resurrection, his suffering, we're made one with him in his suffering, but we're made one with him in his resurrection. It's talking about the death, burial, and resurrection. It's not talking about your daily life. I can gobble if, you, if that'll help you get you, get you going here. I mean, I, I got a, not such a good gobble, but I can gobble. But uh, my point is this. <laughs> my point is this, is that we need to focus on what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection. I know a lot of people think, well, I know what he did. I don't think we do. Listen to the Passion Translation. This is awesome. It says, my passion is to be consumed with him and not cling to my own righteousness. Based in keeping the written law, my righteousness will be his. I'm going to say that again. My righteousness will be his. Based on the faith of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness of God. 
Not based upon me living right or doing right. Not based upon any performance whatsoever that Mike can do or cannot do. My righteousness isn't based upon that. It says is that my righteousness will be his based on the faith of Jesus Christ. You see, there again, the devil gets in the church and he says, yes, righteousness. But your righteousness is filthy as rags. And you're just a worm. And you just, you just try to be righteous. But you know, no, you cannot be righteous. And so the church believes that I'm just going to stay humble and, and tell everybody I'm just a worm. That I can't do anything right. And I'm just, you know. And, and you know, you look at your track record and everybody will go, yep, you're right about that. But, I mean, this is the point. Our righteousness isn't based upon me and you whatsoever. It's based upon the faith of Jesus. We're going to get into the faith of Jesus. It's probably going to be a little bit different than what you think. But uh, in verse 10, it reiterates it. It says, and by your faith. No, his faith and by his faith. This is the, you're in the Passion Translation, verse 10. There you go. And continue along. Maybe it's for, I don't know what it says up there, but that's not what I have. And, be, and by his faith, just listen to me. That's not right up there. And by his faith, I will fully experience oneness with Jesus and the explosive power of his resurrection working in me. By his faith, not even your faith. It says, by his faith, I will fully experience oneness with Jesus and the explosive power of his resurrection working in me, I will be one with him in his sufferings, and I will be one with him in his death. Verse 11, only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him in his resurrection from the realm of death. So righteousness has a more powerful meaning than what you and I originally thought. Righteousness was made available by the faith of Jesus. That's where the concentration needs to be on, by his faith. Not even, we just have to believe in what he did, he did for you and me. Romans 3.22 says that, really good. Romans 3.22, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. How is the righteousness of God? It's by the faith of Jesus unto all and upon all them that believe. Believe what? That you believe that you have been made righteous by the faith of Jesus and not of your own works, not of your own doing. All them that believe, for there is no difference. I found out something this week that my family were all in the living room, you know. Uh, it was like Friday after Thanksgiving. We were all just chilling, and I was just doing a little bit of studying while everybody's talking and everything, and I got excited right in front of everybody. I said, listen to this. I said, I have never heard this in my whole entire life. There's an old Jewish definition of the word righteousness. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you really ready? It said, I found this and it says, as it should be. Be. That's the definition of righteousness. What does that mean? Healing, 
as it should be. Prosperity or any victory in your life, as it should be. Life in general, the life that God has for you and me, he's saying, when I made you righteous, Romans 5.19 says you're made righteous. You don't become righteous by doing anything. You're made righteous. He said, so when you are made righteous, all of a sudden life should have a different meaning. It should be as it should be. Wow. I just, my son Jerry goes, are you going to preach that Sunday? I said, yes, I am. It's a shame. You're going to miss it. You're going to be in Colorado Springs. But anyway, it's a, what, how should life be? Are you accepting life as it should be just because everybody else says you should be sick and everybody else says you should struggle and everybody else says you should be poor? That's what people says as it should be. But God has a different definition for your life and my life. As it should be is according to him, not according to you and me. As it should be. And, you know, when you look in people, when they go to heaven, everybody says, oh, yeah, there's no sickness in heaven. And then we say, well, how about the Lord's Prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's another word of saying, as it should be. As it should be. I got so excited. I know it's not showing, but I got really excited. You should see me get really inside. I'm running. Galatians 2.16. Galatians 2.16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. You can't get righteous or justified by anything you can do, period. So stop it. <laughs> but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Knowing that man is not justified. Justified is the same as being righteous. If you're justified, you're righteous. So he's saying you can't be justified, you can't be righteous except by the faith of Jesus Christ. It's not even saying faith in Jesus Christ. You have to know what Jesus did for you and me. By the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. You're justified, you're made righteous by the faith of Jesus and not by the works of the law, for the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Galatians 2.20 is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet it's not I that liveth, it is Christ in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. By the faith of, not faith in, but faith of. So what does that mean? Everything I do, I can have his faith working in me and not my own faith. It's real good. Because now Mike's faith, Mike's faith can be weak. I can have little faith. I can have no faith. I could just be dead faith. I can just, and the adjectives just keep going on and on and on. But now when I embrace Jesus and I embrace his faith, his faith is strong enough. His faith is big enough. I was thinking about that this week. You know, all these superheroes are always blockbuster movies. You know, I mean, Iron Man, Ant-Man, the Black Panther, Spider-Man. I mean, how many versions of Spider-Man are they going to make? 
I mean, it's like Spider-Man 22 now, you know. But I thought about this. I thought out of all of them, I thought, you know, just being the Spider-Man, if I could get inside him. And I just picture my, I have a great imagination. I was just thinking about that. And I was going, I was just doing that. Having a Spidey suit on and my tingling, Spidey tingling and, and just going, you know, you could climb the wall. And you can go anywhere, and then you can go to New York City. And, <laughs> and you're just doing that, just going through New York. I just was thinking that, and I go, and I'm serious. The Lord spoke to me. I know he speaks to me even when my imagination is. Listen to this. He says, when you, if you could do that, it would not be your ability. He says it would be his ability, but you get to do it. I don't think you got it because I got it when he said that to me. He says, you could do everything that Spider-Man can do, but it wouldn't be your ability. It would be his ability. He says, Mike, when you realize that you're in me, it's not your faith. It's my faith, and you can do everything that I can do. Ow! Shake yourself. That's not right. Shake your head. That's what it is. All these, my son sends me some texts and it's S-Y-H. I go, what in the world? Shake your head. <laughs> I probably should stop because I'm not even sure of what that means. But anyway, it's exciting. <laughs> but I just thought, man, God, you're so good. He says, everything that I can do, once you realize it's my faith, it's not your weak faith, if you lean upon me, lean not into your own understanding. But trust me, trust me, you can do great things. You can do, honey, climbing a building or shooting a web is nothing compared to what Jesus has done, can do, and will do for you and me. Are you hearing me? Hebrews 12, 2 uh, says this, looking unto Jesus. Where are you looking? Unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That word, our, when it says at the very beginning, looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, that word, our, is in italics. Do you know what that means? It was not in the original translation. It wasn't in the original Greek. The translators stuck that word in there because they thought that's what it makes more sense. It does not. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. Leaves you and me out of it. I'm glad that ours not in there. I'm glad I have nothing to do with it. He's the author and the finisher of faith, period. I looked up author and finisher. It says, looking unto Jesus, the chief or captain. An end or object, perfection of faith. He is the exclamation point. He is faith personified. We look to Jesus who is the end or object of our faith, but he's also the chief, uh, chief of our faith, the captain or the forerunner of our faith. He's the one who went before us and lived by faith whom we follow. It's all about his faith. Hebrews 11.1, anytime you hear a message on, a sermon on 
faith, most preachers will go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So since this scripture says he's the, uh, in Hebrews it says that Jesus is our author and finisher of faith, you can put the word Jesus in where it says faith and it does not uh, ruin the scripture or make it of none effect. So where it says now faith is the substance, you can say now Jesus is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Jesus is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things hoped for. Jesus is. So if we focus on him, our faith is going to be more alive and it should be a lot easier to walk by faith because it's his faith. So did Jesus have enough faith? If you ask just about any Christian that, you, know, do you think Jesus had enough faith? Oh, yes, brother. Is his faith big enough? Oh, yeah, his faith is big enough. Did Jesus obtain everything I need by his faith? Yes, he did. God has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. He's given us everything. How did he do all of this? How did he make us righteous? It was all by the faith of Jesus. So it's his faith and your and mine, our benefits. We get the benefit from what he did by faith. If we're not careful, we'll make faith such an issue. And I've done this in my life that it's more about me and what I can believe that Mike can believe for instead of Jesus and what he's already done for me. He accomplished it for me. I'm telling you, when it says, talks about that Jesus, he got us righteous, righteousness by his faith. When he raised the dead, when he opened up blinded eyes, that did not give us righteousness. His three years of ministry did not provide righteousness for us. His biggest moment or act of faith was from the cross to the ascension or seating at the right hand of the Father God. That was his biggest step of faith. We don't truly grasp this. Listen to me now. This is where I'm coming from a different viewpoint of faith. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, they all just sit there and said, show us a sign. If you're the son of God, if you are saying who you are, just show us a sign. Just come on. And Jesus says in Matthew, he says, there's only one sign going to be given. Matthew 12, 39. He answered and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet, prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So you look at that and you go, in the Old Testament, Jesus is in every book of the Bible in, in the Old Testament. This story of Jonah, Jesus was saying, that's me. Was there a man named Jonah? Absolutely. Did he get swallowed up by some big fish? Yes, he did. Did he say everything that he said and recorded in Jonah? Yes. But there was also something else going on. It was a prophecy 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, as Jonah was three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Why is that so important? Jesus had defined himself in the word of God. What the, the Father said about him. And then this is the thing. Then he had to believe it by faith. So by faith, Jesus had to believe that as he's being crucified, that he is going to be raised from the dead by faith. By faith, he knew that he was going to be made sin who knew no sin. He also knew that he was going to be cursed. Everything that involves the curse, which is not only physical poverty, but also physical sickness and disease. Because you stop and think about it. You say, well, how can Jesus really, you know, comfort me? He doesn't know what it means to be a sinner. He doesn't know what it means to be sick or to have cancer or, or uh, to be flat on your back or even to have a cold or have a flu. He doesn't know any of that. I beg to differ. When he was on the cross, he became sin who knew no sin. I mean, he became the worst out of every sin that's ever been done on this planet. He was made that. There's been some horrible things that I don't even like reading about. He became that. But the same is true with sickness and disease. He became all of that. That's why the Bible says that when we look upon him, he, doesn't even, he didn't even look like a human being. He didn't even look like a human being. His face was all contorted and his body was stripped and mangled and everything. And that was God the Father putting everything of mankind that was wrong and putting it on him and he became that. This is where the faith comes in. Knowing that he was a sinner, knowing that he was sick, knowing that he was cursed, he died. But knowing all of that, that he would have victory over all of that. Now, that's faith. For faith to arise, for that you're going to be, of all the sin, that you're going to have victory over that. That was huge. But victory over every sickness and disease known to man or ever will be for all eternity, every sickness, every sin that's going to be known, he had victory over that. That took tremendous faith. And so what's the good news about that? He's given us all of what he accomplished. That faith, that faith got us righteousness. That faith got us righteousness. It's the righteousness of God was given to us by his faith. That's how we're made righteous. We're not made righteous by what we can or cannot do. We're made righteous by the faith of Jesus. He got us faith. He got us righteousness by his faith in the death burial and resurrection and seated at the right hand of, of the Father God. It says now we are seated with him in Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father God. You and I could not do anything to get that. 
We couldn't do anything to be, oh, I finally, I, I did enough to be able to be seated. I did enough to overcome sin. I did enough to overcome uh, sickness and disease. I've done it. I've got enough faith, honey. No, 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 a thousand times no. We couldn't have enough faith to do any of that. You could not. And the good news is, you don't have to. It's the faith of Jesus that now is dwelling on the inside of you. So no more. If you're hearing this message, no more. Well, I just don't have enough faith. Really? Do you want to spit in the face of Jesus now? Because you do have enough faith if you have him. It puts a whole new... I'm going to teach on righteousness the first of the year because I got some revelation now about being made righteous. You know, I've said this before in our church, and I really couldn't put my finger on that it's that I could tell you this is really true. Now I can because of understanding what righteousness is more to me. When you are righteous, it's as it should be, life as it should be. Therefore... When sickness does come upon you, when poverty does come upon you, all of that is illegal. <laughs> it's illegal for me to get sick. It's illegal for you to get sick. You say, well, then why am I getting sick? Why am I struggling financially? So it must not be true. No, you and I, <laughs> we don't have a revelation that we should about how righteous we are. Because we don't really think we're righteous, especially when we do bad. And we can really do bad. We can all do bad. Everybody take a deep breath. Your pastor can do really bad. But that does not make the, my righteousness wane or, or fade out. No, your righteousness and my righteousness is based upon, listen to me now, the faith of Jesus and what he did in the death, burial, and resurrection. That's what my righteousness is based upon. And if you understand that to a greater degree, the more faith is just going to be robust on the inside of you because you know you have the faith of God, not because of you, but because of his faith. His faith. So life can be as it should be when you understand, first of all, that you're righteous, and second of all, it's his faith that made you that way, and therefore his faith can accomplish anything that you need. His faith can accomplish. You know, when we get our new building, I can't, people go, oh, wow, Pastor Mike, he had great faith. No, 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 no. Oh, when we build a university, oh, the Hackamars, they had great faith. <laughs> no, not really, not really. Oh, when you build a youth center, you had great faith. Nah, mm, no. It, yes and no. It's because we believed in his faith, and that makes my faith connected to him being one. Therefore, you think it's difficult for the faith of Jesus to get a new building? You think it's difficult for the faith of Jesus to build a university? Ooh, a university. Oh, if you would have said elementary school, I could have believed that. <laughs> University, ooh, three stories. You want three stories? Ah, ooh, mm. Oh, if you would have just not had such big vision. Oh, my faith could have been. No, nobody thinks that way about Jesus. 
Oh, you're in debt for, oh, you owe $150,000? Oh, man. Oh, you're in debt $500,000? Oh, you're in debt that? Oh, Jesus. You know, I can just sense the lights in heaven going, no, the faith of Jesus is more than enough. I said it's more than enough. So this is what you and I have to do. We have to trust in his faith. Trust in his faith. 1 John 4, 16 says this. This is a passion translation. Let me just say this. We share in everything that Jesus has. I'm going to say it again. We. Everybody say I. I. Share in everything that Jesus has. And this is a scripture that proves that. 1 John 4, 16. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love. And we trust in the love he has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God. And God lives through them. Let me stop right there. If you do not have this in your foundation. Because the Bible says faith works by love. So if you don't understand that God loves you 24-7. No matter what's going on in your life. God loves you. And that's when you, you, when you do mess up. That's, that's the time you need to say, I am so thankful that God loves me. Even when I do something stupid. Stupid with a capital S. He, his love doesn't wane for you. But if in your mind you think his love is waning, then you can rest assured that faith is going to wane right along with it. Did you hear me? His faith doesn't wane because his Love doesn't wane. It's not going to be weakened. So you got to have that in your foundation. Verse 17. By living in God or by living in love, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, so are we in Pueblo, Colorado. There again. You know, people say, you know, when we all get to heaven, it's going to be glorious. It is. I guarantee you it's not going to be anything like what we can describe. It's indescribable. It is. Streets of gold, yes. Gates of big pearls, yeah, it's all of that. But you, we, as far as the atmosphere, it, it's, it, it's, there's no words that are going to be able to describe that. I totally believe that. Having said that, the life of victory is for the here and now, not for the sweet by and by, though. So you have to understand that it says, because as Jesus now is, so are we. So are we right now. Right now. So uh, the way that God sees you and me is as we should be. As we should be. If you're born again, it's as we should be, which is healed, whole, prosperous, everything made whole. Peace, tranquility, victory in every, every area of your life. That is the way righteousness sees you because that's what you are. That's what you are, not trying to be. And so the devil gets his foot in the door in the church and says, church, you need to just keep trying harder. Keep trying harder so that you can measure up to the standard of God. Keep trying harder so you can measure up to being made more righteous. Keep trying to work harder so you can get that healing, so you can get that, that favor of God. You and I can't do anything to get any of that. Could you do any of that to get saved? 
Could you do anything to get saved or get born again? Could you get good enough? Could you wash enough church toilets? Could you visit enough people that are, are in death row? Could you do anything? The answer is with an exclamation point, no, you could not do anything to get saved, to get born again. But then we get all religious and say, we can be more religious to become more righteous. We can do stuff to, to get more favor with God. We can get more to do, get the healing power of God. That's what the Bible calls self-righteousness. And that is a stench in the nostrils of God. And I have, in my past, I've been stinky. Why? Because Mike would try to do this, and Mike would try to do that. Mike would try to, oh, I just got to, I read for a few minutes. Oh, I should have read an hour. I pray, oh, I should have prayed more. Oh, Lord, help me. I'm such a man. God says, you know, you want to cut the stink? I can't even say I have great faith or I've accomplished great things. If it was given to me, how can, Paul said, how can I boast about anything? It's because of him. It is because of him. We have to get the focal point off of us. We have to get the focal point even off our faith. And it needs to be on him. Why? Because you can do much greater things with his faith than you can your faith. Are you seeing I mean, I just picture being inside one of those superheroes and thinking, I, I'm, I, whoa, I didn't know I could do that. Well, you couldn't. Getting an Iron Man suit, you can't, you can't go flying in the air, take the suit off, and you are nothing, honey. Take the Spider-Man costume off. You are just red-headed guy, can't do nothing. You can't jump two feet. I mean, what are you? What are you? But this is the thing. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. You're one with him. So it's not about your ability or what you can or cannot do. It's what you believe what he can do, which is his faith. This should help you when it comes to healing. This should help you actually in every area of your life. Trying to get bills of, I just need to keep working harder to get, you know. Let me just tell you something. There's a lot of people who work really, really hard, and they don't have squat. I'm all for a good work ethic. Don't get me wrong. But if that's all you're trusting in, mm, man, we better put our faith in him and not in faith what I can accomplish, what I can perform, what I can attain. No, I'm going to look to him, the author and the finisher of faith, of faith, period. He is the author. He's the one who begins it. He's the one in, and everything in the middle is about him. It's about Jesus. It's not about Mike. It's about Jesus. And when I focus on him and I realize that he made me righteous and he's the one, Ephesians 3.20, we quote that all the time. God is doing exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think according to the power that is 
in us. What is that power? It's the faith of Jesus that's inside of you. It's faith that caused him to be, when he was in the pit of hell, it was the faith of him that caused him to rise up three days later. And he rose without any more sin. He conquered it. He rose without any more part of the curse, poverty or lack or sickness or disease or any kind of defeat. He rose above that and conquered it for you and me. He did all that so we would have victory. He did all that so faith would be available. His faith. You can't get that kind of faith. You and I cannot get that kind of faith. Oh, I just need to keep on. No, there's only, that faith is only God himself. Are you getting this? It's a different way to see faith. It's his faith. Man, I'll tell you what, I just think, you know, this is just like going to rip the devil. I mean, when he thinks, um, well, wait a minute, you have to try harder. I mean, you, you know, that's just, you, you, Mike, are a good work ethic. Work ethic. You, you, you know you should keep working on this. No, I'm not going to work on it at all. What I am going to work on is what the Bible says, we need to labor to enter into his rest. Labor to get into it. How do you labor? Our labor comes when we renew our mind and say, it's not me. I have to get a hold of what this says about me. This says that I'm the head and not the tail. This says I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This said I have been made whole by the stripes of Jesus. This says I have the abundant life. I am what it says I am. As he is, so am I in Pueblo, Colorado. So that's where your labor comes. You labor, and then guess what? When you labor to enter, now you rest in his faith that accomplished all of that for you. I don't think you got it. When you find out what he has done for you, then you get into what he's done for you by his faith that he accomplished for you. That's why when it says, I have been crucified with Christ, but nevertheless, I live. Yet, it's not I that liveth. It is Christ in me. And the life that I now live is by the faith, by the faith, by the faith of the Son of God. So the devil goes, now listen, you're you're just really blowing this up. No, Jesus blew it up. He says, Mike, you start focusing on my faith and stop, believe what I've done for you. Start believing what I've done for you. What did, I, what did he do for you? I'm telling you. When we read about him opening blind eyes, that's huge. When we read about him raising the dead, that's huge. But there's nothing, nothing even comes close to what he did on the cross, in the tomb, in the middle of the center of the earth and now seated at the right hand of God. All of that was accomplished by faith. His faith. Did we read Psalms the last, I don't know, sometimes I read, get the first service mixed up with the second service. Psalms 27, 13, did we read that one to you? Jesus had to believe this. He says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed. I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the We sang this morning about how good he is. Jesus said, I would have lost heart. Can you imagine being sin, being cursed? He's in the pit of the earth, in the center of hell. He said, I would have lost heart. 
But while I was there, while I was there in the center of everything, I believed that once again I would see the goodness of God among the land of the living. So he believed that this is temporary. This is just temporary. Three days, I'm going to be raised. Now, it sure didn't look like it. Could you imagine what he felt? We can't. Nobody can imagine how he felt to be the sin of all sin. Nobody can imagine the curse of all curses. But he did. And he said, I will once again see the temple and I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That took great faith. That took tremendous faith. And you know what? Three days, God looked and said, that faith will cause him to be raised from the dead and have victory over every sin. Listen to me. If you're, if you're having struggle with a sin, it's high time you quit trying to have victory over it. What did he just say? Yeah, it, it's, it's a good time to quit trying to have victory over that and start telling the devil, you know what? Jesus got me the victory over this. You see the difference of that? I have to have victory over this cancer. Really? Why would you have to do it if you realize that Jesus already did it for you? When we start taking a step back and, and getting ourselves out of the picture and focusing on what Jesus has done for you and me, life will be much easier. Life will have more victory. This is going to take some mind renewal. Absolutely. But it's going to take some focusing on him and what he has done and take the focus off you and me. Is this good or what? It was good for me. I'm telling you, this helps me. This helps me. Because Mike has struggled and, you know, I, I mean, healing is hard. And this goes right along with saying that healing is easy. Why? Because not only it, it, Jesus said, which is easier, to your sins to be forgiven or rise up, take your bed and walk. Which is easier? Nobody can answer that because you know why? Because they're the same. They're both easy for Jesus. But now it's even easier because I have his faith. I have the faith of God. You have the faith of God on the inside of you. You've been made righteous by his faith, and you've been made everything that he is, as Jesus is, for John 4, 17. As he is, so are we. How is that possible? His faith. His faith did that for you and me. Man, I tell you why. That's why when it comes worship time, it should be an easy thing to worship him because, wow, I could not do this on my own. I could not get righteous. I could not get healing. I could not get victory. I could not be seated in heavenly places. I could not get salvation. I couldn't get anything. But God says, I'm going to get it for you, Mike. This is a no sweat. This is a no sweat application. You just have to believe in what I did for you. Let's stand.